Well, good morning, Rockbrook. Good to see all of you here today. We're continuing on in our Transform series today by looking at emotional health. And we're going to talk today about how to deal with how you feel. Uh, when we put this campaign together, uh, we did not know what was going to happen to the royals last night and uh, what emotional state you would be in. But God is sovereign, and so he's here today to help you deal with your emotional highs and lows. Uh, my wife and I got so frustrated with the game that we switched over and watched Bob Ross, The Joy of Painting. <laughs> and uh, here in our little world, so we enjoyed, uh, enjoyed that. But anyway, we're going to be looking at how to deal with how you feel. Uh, we've got Mark 12, 29, 30 on the screen on your outlines. If you turn in your workbooks to page 88, uh, that can help you out too. You can take some notes there. But Jesus says this, the most important commandment is this, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. Great commandment is one of the foundational verses uh, for us here at Rockbrook, and we refer to it often. Uh, sometimes we can become very technical in how we, re- how we refer to this. But today I would like for you to notice the emotional intensity uh, that Jesus has as he's speaking here. He's saying, I don't want you to just kind of love God. He's saying, I want you to love God passionately, all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. God wants to have an emotional relationship with you. He doesn't want to just have head knowledge. He wants to have an emotional relationship with you. Now, we need to understand some things about emotions in order to get this. And so some, on your outline, there are some facts about emotions. First, God has emotions. As you read through Scripture, you realize that God feels joy, God feels grief, God uh, has hatred towards sin, He has frustration with people, just like you do. God has emotions. In fact, the reason you have emotions is because you're made in God's image. If God wasn't an emotional God, uh, you wouldn't have any emotions. But God created emotions, created feelings in us because God is an emotional God and God wants to have an emotional relationship with you. Second, my ability to feel, to feel emotion, is a gift from God. Your emotions are a gift from God. Sometimes they may feel more like a curse than a blessing, but even negative emotions can play a positive role in your life. Uh, Your your emotions are a great asset. Emotions are part of what make you a person, what make you human. Rather, you know, if you didn't have emotions, you'd just be a robot going through the motions without emotion. So it's your emotional ability that allows you to love and create and be faithful, loyal, kind, generous, and compassionate. All the emotions that are attached to the good things about the relationships in our life. One of the most astounding verses in the Bible is Genesis 1.26. God says at creation, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. And you have emotions because you were made in the image and likeness of God. Now there are two extremes to avoid in dealing with emotions. Uh, one uh, extreme is emotionalism and the other extreme is stoicism. Now, emotionalism means that all that matters is how I feel. It doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter what's right and wrong. It doesn't matter what's good or bad, wise or foolish. What matters is how do I feel about this? Uh, emotionalism means that my emotions control my life, dominate my life, run my life. 
Stoicism is at the other end of the spectrum. Stoicism says that feelings aren't important at all. The only thing that matters is intellect uh, and your will. Stoics act like emotions uh, are not even a part of life. Now what's funny is, is that Stoics often marry people who are emotional. You know, there, there's often in marriage, you know, opposites attract and then opposites attack. And so in marriage, you'll wind up with a, one is a stuffer and one is a gusher. And the, and the stuffers marry gushers, and then the stuffers get frustrated with the gushers because they're always exhibiting emotion. And the gushers get frustrated with the, the stuffers because they're just flat all the time. And the truth is, both of those are extreme positions, and you need each other to balance each other out and pull you toward health. Now, in the Bible, the mind represents the intellect, and the heart represents emotions. But those are actually two totally different systems in your brain. Uh, you know, your brain is not just mental. There is an emotional system, an amazing emotional system in your brain. And God gave you both a mind and emotions in order for you to be able to relate to one another in balance and health. And God also gave you a mind and emotions so that you can relate to Him in worship. Because God wants to have not just a mental, intellectual relationship with you. God wants to have an emotional relationship with you. In fact, the largest book in the Bible is the book of Psalms. And the book of Psalms is all, not just the largest. It's also the most emotional book in the Bible. God gave us the book of Psalms to help us understand our emotions. And as you read through the book of Psalms, every emotion known to man is in there. I mean, it isn't just the good ones and the bad ones. I mean, just the good ones. It's the bad ones. It's the positive and negative. You know, you'll be reading along and, and think, why is this in the Bible? Why is this psalm in here? The psalms aren't, aren't all just praise and thanksgiving. There, there are psalms that are angry. There, there are psalms that are, are complaining, psalms of lament, psalms of sorrow, psalms that are arguing and questioning God. And what God is saying is all of these are legitimate emotions. They're all God-given emotions. You just have to learn how to manage them. And so we're going to look at God's Word and see, first of all, why I must learn to manage my emotions. Why do I have to learn to bring my emotions under control? Four reasons. Number one, uh, I must learn to manage my emotions because my feelings are often unreliable. They're often unreliable. I mean, how many times have you thought, this just feels right. This just feels right. And then you do it and it blows up. And, you know, you, I mean, every one of us has done that. Your gut is often wrong. Your intuition is flawed. And your emotions can lead you down a blind alley or off a cliff. Uh, you, you can't depend on everything you feel. Last week we said that you don't have to believe everything you think. You don't have to believe everything you think. This week, you don't have to accept everything you feel. Just because you feel it doesn't make it right and true. And some of the things you feel about yourself are just dead wrong. And some of the things you feel about other people, they're just dead wrong. Proverbs says there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. So just because you feel it doesn't make it true. Our feelings will guide us in the wrong direction, and that's why I've got to learn how to manage them. Next, I must learn to manage my emotions because I don't want to be manipulated. If you don't learn how to control your emotions, your emotions will control you. You'll be manipulated by your moods. 
And if you're always guided by what you feel rather than by what's right or by your feelings rather than your commitments or by your feelings rather than the truth, then other people are going to take advantage of you. I mean, it's just going to happen. Salesmen, advertisers, they're trained in how to stir up your emotions because they know if they can get you emotionally hooked, then you'll buy the product. Have you ever noticed with commercials, commercials don't give you facts and information about a product. You know, because people don't shop intellectually, they shop emotionally. If people shopped intellectually, commercials would just be lists of all the data and all the tests and all the, you know, the, the intellectual information. They don't do that when they try and sell you something. Commercials are all about the mood and the music and, and, and the emotion that it's evoked. A lot of times that stuff isn't even related to the product. Why? Because they know that people shop emotionally, not intellectually. And if you do that, then you will often wind up buying according to your emotions, buying according to impulse. You ever get home and have something and go, why did I buy this? You know, because they got you emotionally hooked. You know, uh, now Proverbs twenty-five twenty-eight says, a person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. If you don't have self-control, you're like a city with broken down walls. What's that mean? It means you're defenseless. You're defenseless. And not only are you defenseless against the manipulation of other people, you're defenseless against the manipulation by your old nature. We talked about this last week. Your old nature will just whip you around. Your old nature will put you in a bad mood. And all of a sudden, you don't want to do what you know you should do. You don't want to do what's right. You don't want to do what's healthy. You don't want to do what's good because you're being manipulated by a mood. Satan's favorite tool in your life is just negative emotions. I mean, he uses fear, resentment, jealousy, bitterness, worry, shame. I mean, Satan wrecks so much havoc in people's lives just by bringing negative emotion into their life. That's why 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And the, the, one of the greatest tools that he uses is just bringing negative emotions into your life. So you've got to learn how to manage those. Number three, I need to manage my emotions because I want to please God. You know, God cannot be God in my life if my emotions are God in my life. God can't rule in my life if my emotions rule my life. Jesus can't be Lord of my life if my emotions are Lord of my life. If I make all my decisions based on how I feel, then my feelings are my God, not God. Romans 8, 6 through 8, to be controlled by human nature results in death. To be controlled by the Spirit results in life and peace. Those who obey their human nature cannot please God. You can't please God if your emotions dominate your life. You've got to bring them under the submission, under the lordship, the control of Christ. Fourth reason I must manage my emotions is because I want to succeed in life. I mean, how you manage your emotions is one of the number one predictors of success or failure in life. Your, your emotions. You know, you, you have an intelligent quotient. We always talk about people's IQ, their intelligent quotients. Did you know that, that you have an emotional quotient? You have an EQ? And study after study after study has shown that your EQ, your emotional quotient, is more important to success in life than your IQ. 
There are lots and lots of people who don't have a very high IQ who are successful in life because they've learned to manage their, e their EQ is high. They've learned to manage their emotions. They can handle their relationships. They can make decisions not based on emotion. It's just crucial. You know, those of you involved in education, you see that all the time. You'll have a kid who's just extremely intelligent, but they can't get the emotional thing under control. And so it's one of the crucial things is to help them do that because that'll be a key to their success. You know, we've all known people who, who live by their emotions and wind up wasting their life. Their emotions create chaos and instability in their life to the point where they just can't function successfully. Proverbs 5.23, people get lost. He's talking about in life. People get lost and die because of their foolishness and lack of self-control. I mean, how many people do you know who've ruined their reputation with a lack of self-control? How many people do you know who've ruined their life by doing something foolish? They get lost, they die because they follow their emotions. Now, when you give your heart to Jesus Christ, you give your emotions too. When I say I give my heart to Jesus, you're giving your emotions to him to be managed by him because Jesus wants to be the Lord of how you feel, not just Lord of what you think and what you do. That's why this emotional component is so important. First uh, Peter 4.2 says, From now on, you must live the rest of your earthly lives controlled by God's will and not by human desires. You know, if you're a believer in Christ, then from now on, you, your, your earthly life it needs to be controlled by God's will, not, not just how you feel. So how do I manage an unwanted feeling? Uh, on your notes, three things. Number one, the first thing you, you do in dealing with an emotion is you've got to name it. Name it. Identify it. Be specific. Pinpoint exactly what it is that you're feeling. Because you cannot manage a vague feeling. You can't manage a vague feeling. You can only change, control, and manage something that you have identified. If you don't know what the problem is in your life, you can't solve it. You can be very emotional and still not be in touch with your true emotions. And I, I'll admit in my own life that I'm often confused by my emotions. I'm often confused about how I feel. I mean, I'm feeling something, but I can't define it. And if I can't define it, if I can't put a name on it, then I can't manage it. Because if you can't name it, you can't change it. Now, you've probably felt that too. I mean, David in Psalm 55 too says, My thoughts are restless and I'm confused. And so there, there may be just be an unsettled feeling in your life about, about something. Well, you've got to dig in and name that emotion. Identify what it is. If you want to be emotionally strong as a man, emotionally strong as a woman, uh, you need to ask yourself two questions. First, what am I really feeling? You know, what is the deep down root emotion that's driving this because often what you think you're feeling is not the real feeling i mean sometimes you'll think you know i'm just feeling a little down today oh i've just got the blues or, or maybe i'm just feeling depressed well you know what's making you feel that way what's making you feel depressed you know, you look a little deeper and you realize, well, you know, I got criticized at work and it wounded my self-esteem or, or I had an expectation that wasn't fulfilled the way I wanted to and so I'm wrestling with disappointment or I've got repressed anger from an unresolved hurt in my life or I've got guilt from an unconfessed sin. You know, what am I really feeling here? And you've got to name it uh, in order to be able to manage it. Second question to ask is what are my triggers 
What, what triggered this? Because you have uh, certain emotions that trigger responses in you, and you have certain triggers that prompt emotions. And so there, there, there's kind of this back and forth that, that can set you off. And so you want to ask yourself, what triggered this emotion? Sometimes the trigger can be sight. You know, you just see something, see an image, see a situation, and it triggers an emotion in you. Uh, sometimes a smell can trigger an emotion. You know, you smell something. You know, smells are tremendously powerful for emotions and memory. I mean, you can smell something and it just triggers an, an emotion of, of warm and comfort. Like, you know, you smell, oh, that's grandma's cinnamon rolls. You know, there's a smell there. Or you'll smell something and, and it can make you uh, anxious or, or fearful. You smell gunpowder or smoke. Uh, you know, it, it has a different emotional trigger. Uh, a trigger might be something that you hear, the sound of somebody's voice or uh, a song or even just a certain noise. A few years ago, my wife and daughter were involved in a car accident and um, injured and a very traumatic experience for them. And I tell you, for a long time, maybe even to this day, if they hear you know, brakes screeching and the crunch of metal, it brings up an emotion in them. It's a trigger for them. And so you need to know these things because you can't manage what you don't know. And so you ask, what am I really feeling? What has triggered this? Uh, write this down uh, on your outline. I can't tame it until I can name it. I can't tame it until I can name it. I can't solve a problem that I can't identify. And you, So you, you start by digging in deep and finding out what is the real emotion that you're feeling. Second thing you do is you challenge it. You know, don't just automatically accept what you're feeling. Don't automatically assume it's accurate. You've got to challenge it. And are things really as bad as you feel they are? Probably not. Are things really as good as you feel they are? Probably not. And so you've got to ask yourself some questions and challenge uh, the emotion that you're feeling. And, and David did that in the Psalms. He often asked God to challenge his emotions. I mean, that's pretty smart because God understands your emotions better than you do. And so if you just say, God, I don't even know what I'm feeling right now. I just need your help. That's a good thing to do. You know, David often asked God to, to, to evaluate his feelings, to help him figure out what's even... Psalm 26, 2, Lord, cross-examine me. Test my motives and my affections. And so you ask God to help you figure it out. Sometimes you need a friend to challenge you. You know, a good life question to ask is, is have I given anyone in my life permission to challenge what I'm feeling? Have I given anyone permission to do that? Or is everybody in my life just a yes man or yes woman? You know, you feel a certain way and, and there's just no room for anybody to call you on it. But a true friend is somebody that you give permission to to challenge your emotions. You know, I don't think you're feeling about this right. I don't think you're making the right response here. You know, Job had a friend who said, Why has your heart carried you away and why do your eyes flash? That's just a poetic way of saying, you know, how come you've gone off the deep end? Why are you so angry? You know, do you have anybody who can ask you that? Anybody who can say, why, do, why are you going off the deep end? Why are you so angry without you going off the deep end and being angry with them? You know, is there anybody that can, can speak into your life? Have you given anybody that permission? Now, I want to give you three questions here that, that you can ask uh, when you're uh, struggling in this area. And the first one is, what's the real reason that I'm feeling this? You know, it may be fear or worry, you know, but, but, but you know, if you, once you identify the emotion, what's the reason why I'm feeling this? 
And it may be something hooked, hooked to your past. You know, you may be feeling it now with this person because, you know, there's something that, that, that you know, a parent or, a, uh, you know, a boss or somebody said or did to you in years past, and now you're hearing that same thing coming from this person. And so all the pent-up anger toward this guy is now directed toward them. You know, what's the real reason why I'm feeling this? And then you want to ask yourself, is what I'm feeling right now true? I'm really feeling it, but is it true? Uh, Elijah had a situation in the Bible where he, he got so down, so depressed, so discouraged, and then he just comes crying to God, complaining, God, I'm the only person in the whole nation who's still serving you. And God just calls him on it. He says, no. He says, you're not the only person. I got, I got oh, thousands of people who are still serving me. Why are you acting like you're the only one doing the right thing? It's just not true. But what was the reason why Elijah felt that way? Well, in his case, he just fought an amazing spiritual battle all by himself. So, of course, he would feel alone. So, so is, is, is he, is, he's feeling alone. That's a legitimate emotion. But is it true that he's the only one serving God? And the answer is no. What he's feeling wasn't true. And so when he came to that realization, he could manage the emotion that he was feeling. Third question that you've got to ask, and this one's real important. Is what I'm feeling helping me or hurting me? Is what I'm feeling right now helping me to do the right thing, or is it actually going to hinder me from doing the right thing? Is, is the emotion productive or is it self-defeating you know does getting mad at a waitress or a clerk get you better service trust me yelling at the people who are preparing and serving your food is a bad idea okay it's just a bad idea you know I was out with a friend one time and he was getting frustrated with the service and the service was bad uh, but, you know, he started cranking on the waitress, and it finally got to the point where I said, look, you need to, you need to shut up, because those people are handling my food, you know? Uh, you know, I mean, is it, you know, are you frustrated about the service? Yes. Is it true the service is slow? Yes. Is getting angry about it going to help the situation? No. It doesn't encourage and build up the waitress, and it certainly doesn't make you look like Christ. So it's not helpful. I mean, it may feel good to vent your emotions, but your venting will hurt you and it will hurt other people. And so you need to ask yourself, is expressing this emotion going to make me like Christ? And if it's not, then, then you've got to do the third thing. You've got to tame it. You've got to tame it. And you do that, you can change it or channel it. Now, some emotions are so destructive, so damaging, so hurtful, so, so non-effective that you just got to change what you're feeling. You just got to gotta get off of that and get on to something else. Philippians 2.5, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. And so you just want to ask yourself, what would Jesus feel in this situation? And would Jesus get irritated with this waitress? No. Would Jesus be yelling at this person? No. Would he be wringing his hands in worry? No. Would he be afraid? No. And so I need to dismiss any feeling that doesn't make me more like Christ because your attitude should be the same as Jesus. And so I change my attitude. I change my emotion. Now, sometimes you need to channel what you're feeling. You, know, you can take a negative emotion and use it for a positive good. 
Maybe you've been the victim of injustice or prejudice or even abuse. And maybe you've experienced unfairness in a classroom or at work. And then the natural emotion that's going to come up in those situations is anger. Anger is a legitimate emotion. You know, God gets angry. It's what you do with the anger. You know, is venting my anger going to lead me to do the right thing? Probably not. But if I let that anger motivate me to help other people, that's a different story. If I become a champion uh, for justice, because you know what it's like to experience injustice. You take a negative emotion and you use it in a positive way for the benefit of other people. And if you use anger just to get even, if you use anger to defend yourself, that's revenge. But if you use it to, to motivate you for the benefit of others, that's a righteous anger. It's a righteous anger. You know, now that's channeling a negative one. You know, you can run into the same thing with positive emotions. You, maybe you've wanted to be married, and that just hasn't happened for you yet. And so your love is blocked. Or maybe you've been married and you've wanted to have kids and that hasn't happened for you yet. And so your love is blocked. What do you do with a blocked love? You know, do you pull yourself into the castle, lock the door, pull up the drawbridge, fill the moat with alligators, just hunker down in there, I'm never going to let anybody hurt me again. No, because that hurts you. What do you do with that blocked love? Well, you rechannel it. You redirect it. Maybe you didn't get to love the person that you wanted to love, but the world is full of people who need your love. Maybe you, you didn't get to have the children that you wanted to love, but the, there are 137 million orphans in the world. There are kids on your street that need your love. So you rechannel a blocked love and you use it for good. You don't just stew in your hurt. You, you don't let the emotion uh, control your life. You control the emotion and channel it and use it for good. Now, what about the emotions that need changing? How, how do you tame a wild emotion? Maybe you'd say, I'm a worrier, I just can't stop worrying, or I'm a perfectionist, I just nitpick and judge everything that, that I see and that comes into my head, or I'm lazy, I tend to put things off, or I'm a fearful person, I fret all the time, I'm a naturally angry person. How do you tame a wild emotion? It is not by willpower. It is not by the self. Zechariah 4, 6 says, you will not succeed by your own strength or power. It's not by your own strength or power. How is it? But by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. You don't change an emotion with willpower. You can't do it. You can't force an emotion to change. It just doesn't work that way. In fact, if you try to force an emotion to change, you will probably wind up just enforcing or reinforcing that emotion. It's not by might, it's not by power, it's by the Spirit of the Lord. So two suggestions for you, how to let the Holy Spirit change an emotion. One is, every day I ask God to fill me with His Spirit. Every day, probably several times a day, I just, God, just fill me with your Spirit. Why? Look at Galatians 5.22, when the Holy Spirit controls our lives. See, that's God's goal for us, when the Holy Spirit controls our lives. He will produce this kind of fruit in us. Love, joy, peace. I mean, if we just stop there, if you just had those three in your life, would your life be better? Yeah. Love, joy, and peace. That's only three out of nine fruit of the Spirit. I mean, he goes on, he says, and patience. Anybody need that one? 
I mean, I, you know, I got people all the time, well, pastor, pray, I'll have more patience. You know, you've only got a limited amount of patience as a human being. Truth is, you don't need more patience, you need more spirit. Because that's where you're going to get the patience that you're, that you're looking for. Kindness, you're kind when, when the Holy Spirit fills your life. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, you're gentle when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Gentle with your kids, gentle with your spouse, gentle with coworkers, with customers. Notice the last one. Circle this one. Self-control. Self-control doesn't come from the self. Self-control comes from God-control. The more I let God control my mind and emotions, the more self-control I have. You know, when you're filled with the Spirit, when you're bearing the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, I mean, that's a whole lot better life than a life that's filled with anger, worry, guilt, fear, shame, and resentment. And so the first key to managing your emotions is just to be filled with the Spirit so that you produce the fruit of the Spirit. Second thing, every day, I want to ask God to help me manage my mouth. Now, some of you knew we were going to get to this one. (laughs) But every day I ask God to manage my mouth. There is a real connection between your emotions and your mouth. A a real connection. You know, in the morning I just need to say, God, put, put a guard on my mouth. The Bible says in a multitude of words there is sin. Proverbs 13, 3, self control means controlling the tongue. There's a whole chapter in the book of James about the power of the tongue. And James used the illustration. He says, you know, you take a, a big horse, a great big horse. You can put, some, you can put a kid on, on a horse. You can put a jockey on a horse, a fourth of the size of the horse. And, and they can control that horse. How do they control the horse? Because they, they put a bit in his mouth. And wherever the mouth goes, that's where the horse goes. Same thing's true with you. Wherever your mouth goes, that's where you go. You know, he, he compares it to the rudder of a ship. You could take a, a big aircraft carrier and the same thing is steered by a little rudder on the back of the ship because wherever the tongue goes, tongue's the rudder of your life. Wherever the tongue goes, that's where your life is going to go. So you want to say, Lord, help me to manage my mouth. Write this down, last key here. Make God's word my word. Make God's word my word. Psalm 19.14 says, May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord. See the connection between the mouth and and the the meditations of your heart, the the emotions that you have? You know, Jesus says it's not what goes in the mouth that defiles the heart. It's what's in the heart that comes out out of the mouth that's the problem. And so we, we need to fill our heart you know, instead of having a, a bitter heart or a worried heart or an angry heart or a lonely heart or prideful heart or jealous heart, I need to ask God's Spirit to come in. Give me a heart transplant. Renew, transform my heart so that the words that come out of my heart are different. So I can manage and make God's Word my words. It'll transform your life. Let's pray together. Father, I just thank you that, that you are an emotional God and you have given us the ability to feel. We're, we're not uncaring, unfeeling robots. We, we are people who can experience the highs and lows of life and we can experience them with you. 
God, help us to avoid the extremes of emotionalism and stoicism. Help us to find that, that healthy balance. We thank you that, that you understand our emotions. They are a gift from you and that you offer us the power to change or channel them so that we can live lives that, that are honoring to you and beneficial to us. And now I just invite you just to pray, just, just to open your, your heart and mind to God. Just say, Lord, I know my feelings are often unreliable. I don't want to build my life on my feelings. I want to build my life on your truth. And God, I don't want to be manipulated by other people or by Satan or even by my own uh, fleshly nature. I, instead, I want to be controlled and alert. I want to do the things that please you. I want you to be the Lord of my emotions. I, I, I want to be controlled by your Spirit so that I can bear the fruit of the Spirit. And so, God, I, I want my life to be filled with love, not hate, with joy, not sorrow, with, with peace, not chaos, with patience, not impatience. God, I want to be kind. I, I want my life to be filled with goodness and faith and gentleness. God, I want to have self-control so that I can identify my emotions, so I can challenge them, and I can bring them under your Lordship. Father, I thank you for the hope that I have that you will help me to manage my emotions. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.